If Susan Murphy thinks her special day will be easy... I think I just got hit by a meteorite. She's in for a big... Susan, you're like really glowing. Big. This can't be happening. Big surprise. This is impossible! Oh! Here comes the bride! Hello? What's going on? The name is General W.R. Monger. Over the last 50 years, I have captured monsters. But I don't belong here. I'm not a monster. Whoa! Sorry. Say hello to Insectosaurus. Here we have the missing link. Finally, some action. Ja, ja, ninja, ha! This handsome fellow is Dr. Cockroach, PhD. <laughs> we call this thing Bob. Hi there! She's speechless. She? It's a boy. Look at his boobies. We need to have a talk. From the creators of Shrek and Kung Fu Panda. Humans of Earth, I have come in peace. However, most of you will not survive the next 24 hours. Galax are out. Mr. President, what do we do? Boys, set the terror level at code brown, because I need to change my pants. Ooh. When aliens attack... We need raw power. We need monsters. These guys got your back. Oh, my back! Just kidding. I don't have a back. Here I am. Welcome. We are here to destroy you. I can't fight that thing. I'm hyperventilating. Does anybody have a giant paper bag? Fuck! I got him, you guys. I got him. On March 27th... Let the birth of my new planet begin! From DreamWorks Animation... Guys, we're a team. And we're gonna take that alien down. <laughs> Papa's a little out of shape. The most eye-popping event of the year... You'll never defeat me! <laughs> what the flag nod! ...is coming in 3D. Wow. Sorry, I was just staring at this bird over there. DreamWorks Monsters vs. Aliens. Hi. You can call me Bob. <laughs> Did I come on too strong? I'm a little rusty. Oh, I feel so stupid. I think that Jello gave me a fake phone number. each other in the city and destroy the golden great bridge bum, bum, bum. monsters versus aliens this would have been i think the theme song for the cartoon monsters versus a there was a cartoon but i don't know what the theme song is so this is what i'm saying it is versus alien and it includes all the talking that's the theme song to the show <coughs> hey what's up how's it going <laughs> that was great man oh thanks uh, that's a lie, but you know, <laughs> I'll take good. it anyway. <laughs> uh, hey, welcome, welcome Dr to Dream Jerks podcast. Dream Jerks, make the dream work. How are you? It's November now. At the time that this comes out, we made it through Halloween. How was it? 
I hope you had a great spooky Halloween. I hope you had a a, a nice weekend. And uh, yeah, my name is Kenneth. Hello, and I'm joined here by my friend, my good friend and co-host, John. Introduce yourself. Hello, my name is John. Uh, I am a Sagittarius, and mm. uh, I oh. like. I do not like long walks on the beach. I like short ones. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, you're okay. Well, let me let me uh, add to this. I'm a Libra. Oh, okay. I do like long walks on the beach. Um, During I the long daytime? Wa- yeah. yeah. Oh, so gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Oh. I hear it. <laughs> oh, she didn't... She didn't can, go. Yeah, I barely hear it. What the heck is going on here? There it is. This Whoa. stupid... Whoa. Oh, come on. That train has already left the station. Yeah, what a... Uh, this is this episode's off to a horrible start. No, no, no. It's no. great. It's great. You're doing a great job. Oh, no. Uh... <laughs> How much time do we have before, you're, before your uh, dinner is ready? Oh, uh, probably like seven, eight, seven minutes-ish. Seven minutes? Maybe five. I'm not going to eat it right away. We got to do this episode fast so I can eat. Right. Well, let's move on. Okay, fine. We're talking about monsters versus aliens. <laughs> but we're... but is it just us? No. No, we have a guest today. Um, we have a great guest. You've heard him before if you've listened through the whole show. We last talked to this guest, this friend of ours, when he joined us to talk about horse movie. Uh, and... Now, that's Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron for the uninitiated, in case you just jumped into the middle here. Um, this is our good friend. Please welcome to the show, Travis Kirkland. Hello. Uh, I am a Libra, and I think the sexiest dinosaur is the Stegosaurus. Stegosauruses <laughs> are pretty sexy. Yeah, they got those, uh, you know, you got the small scales in the front, big in the middle. Small ones in the back. That's how I like it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Large scales in the middle. Got much spikes. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Uh, That's great. Travis, I feel that this movie is Mm -hmm. the perfect movie to have you guest for because you have your own podcast where you talk about monster movies kaiju movies mm-hmm. alien movies That's true. all sorts of things and this movie monsters versus aliens is uh very much inspired by all of those kinds of movies very true very true and uh weirdly for a movie that has a lot of influences that i'm interested in uh, i've only recently watched this i had to watch this for the recording of this show and uh yeah i I definitely have my thoughts i have my thoughts you had never seen it before this never seen it before i i do distinctly remember all the advertising and whatnot and uh yeah it it, much like spirit hashtag hot horse summer um you know i think uh the movie is an interesting mixed bag but i also think that it is an interesting 
it comes at an interesting time for the animation industry in general. Mm. Yes, you're right. You're right about that. So let's jump into the meat of it. Before we can really start talking about the movie uh, in full detail, we have some some business to take care of first. So I'm going to give us some facts about this movie, just some information uh, about the film Monsters vs. Aliens, DreamWorks Monsters vs. Aliens. Uh, it was released March 27th, 2009 in the United States. It was directed by two uh, two familiar names, if you... Uh, if you pay attention to the DreamWorks library, directed by Conrad Vernon and Rob Letterman. Uh, I do remember Rob Letterman. Uh, his name was in the credits for Shark Tale. I believe he was a writer, but he could, may have directed it as well. Uh, and Conrad Vernon also was one of the directors of Shrek 2. So these guys are uh, experienced here. Oh, yes. Uh, Rob Letterman was one of the directors of Shark Tale. Uh, he also went on to direct uh, Gulliver's Travels, Goosebumps, Detective Pikachu. Uh, he's got pretty pretty good resume there. Uh, then we have this screenplay by Maya Forbes, Wallace Wolodorsky, Rob Letterman, Jonathan Abel, and Glenn Berger from a story by the directors Rob Letterman and Conrad Vernon. This movie stars the voices of Reese Witherspoon, Seth Rogen, Hugh Laurie, Will Arnett, Kiefer Sutherland, Rain Wilson, Paul Rudd, Stephen Colbert, and Amy Poehler. Uh, it was made on a budget of $175 million and got a box office gross of $381.5 million, making it, I think, a moderate success not 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 a huge hit but eh, you know it didn't tank so i think yeah. it was it was it was a an acceptable uh performance at the box office uh yeah so let's uh let's get into it john yes do you have do you have a plop prepared for us i'm ready to plop he's gonna plop it down can uh, I can I say though I think maybe appropriate for this movie can can instead of plopping can he be blobbing blob Just a blob saying. synapse a blob, blob synapse say maybe you know I think yeah. that's good blob synapses presented by Red Rooster not a sponsor Australian chicken restaurant and best place in the world uh oh I don't know Bucky's is. Bucky's is the best place in the world. Yeah, but Red is. Rooster is number two easily. Easily. Uh, so, John. Yes. Explain to us what will just, what is about to happen here. I sat down and I watched Monsters vs. Aliens. And I took notes what I saw on the screen. And I didn't look up any other old plato thing on the internet. I just took the notes of what I saw. And now I would like to read to you the plop synopsis of Monsters vs. Aliens. And John will attempt to read his plop synapse in a minute and 30 seconds or less. Are you ready, John? I'm ready. Well, then your plop will begin with lights, camera, 
action. A big rock shoots through space. A lady is getting ready for her wedding to a weatherman when all of a sudden the rock lands on Earth and hits a lady named Susan. Susan is okay. She gets ready for her wedding and all of a sudden she starts to grow and her hair turns white. She's now big and tall and not in the husky sense. The government rushes in and captures her. Susan wakes up in a metal facility and meets some monsters a blue blob named bob dr cockroach the missing link and insectosaurus she also meets general warmonger an officer in charge of the facility and monsters susan is given the nickname ginormica thanks meanwhile an alien spaceship piloted by an alien named galaxar detects quantonium coming from earth he sends a probe to earth to collect it u.s president intends to make contact with the probe however the probe becomes hostile and makes a beeline to san francisco the army being unsuccessful at thwarting the probe decides to listen to the general monger and uses monsters to Stop the probe. The monsters in the probe fight on the Golden Gate Bridge and win. Ginormica heads home to see her family to talk to her fiance. Her monster friends don't fit in with her family, and her fiance breaks off their engagement. Ginormica is sad, knowing she can never go back to her old life, but gets a pep talk from the monster friends just in time for her to get beamed up by a spaceship. Insectosaurus tries to save her, but gets hurt and cocoons itself. It's Galaxar. He's here to collect the Quantonium from Ginormica. It shrinks her, and he uses it to clone himself numerous times. General Monger gets the monsters to go save Ginormica. They initiate a self-destruct sequence on the ship, and Ginormica uses Quantonium to get grow big again and help save her friends from the exploding ship they're all saved by general monger and his ex-source who is now turned into a butterfly everyone's a hero let's go to paris the end john yes you have completed your task in one minute and 24 seconds Ooh, Ooh, baby. Yeah. Mm. that give was- me expert uh, that was yeah textbook. give me peas yeah Green and peas, with please. that john wins on the plate. Uh, a two-week supply of uh, peas tonight. from yeah. red rooster oh oh, oh. <laughs> put the peas on the plate put them in the pile pea pal on the plate peas please put them peas pea pal on the plate <laughs> i would love if uh, a, a listener uh, if there's any nice, talented listeners out there who can uh, make a music track to go underneath that, I feel like that song uh, is a hit waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, um, it'd be the next TikTok viral for trend, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah John. Maybe maybe your clip of you singing uh, Pea Pile on the Plate <laughs> is going to be the next. next uh, I've like, always big... wanted to go viral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the next big TikTok uh, thing that everybody's going to use as the basis of their videos. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to be fantastic. You're going to be famous. <laughs> Pea pile on the plate. <laughs> finally get that red rooster promotion. Oh, I know. They'll finally notice us. Mm-hmm. Wow. Can you imagine? Such a beautiful thing. Uh. <sighs> so, Travis, yeah. since this was your first time watching this movie and you are an expert in the genre of monster and alien movies mm-hmm. and you are our guest mm-hmm. i will let you start us off what uh what 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 was your what was your first takeaway from uh from watching this movie monsters versus aliens so i think in general i thought the movie was very much straight down the middle fine okay uh not gonna hurt your brain but it's also not particularly exceptional and i thought the monster stuff was cute um and there's like 
weirdly i thought that maybe because sometimes animators are like the biggest nerds and will include some of the most deepest uh, or like deepest cuts of references or really like nerdy easter eggs in there but aside from like some surface origin stuff i was like you know there's not really like as many monster movie references as i thought there were gonna be aside from just sort of playing up on like certain tropes like definitely each of the monsters that we see in the movie are definitely take uh specific takes on specific movie monsters right and then uh it it, i I thought it was kind of weird how the aliens were kind of not that important like they are the protagonist but like i never thought that the aliens were all that interesting or fun to watch uh but I like, but I like the monster characters though. So, yeah. Do you think Doctor Cockroach is a take on the fly? Is that what uh, he's supposed to be? Yes. Uh, particularly the fact that they give Doctor Cockroach uh, kind of a thin mustache, like Vincent Price has, and he was in the original Fly movie. So, oh. and those eyebrows. So that's where I was kind of saying, like, you know, definitely in design, you can see the movie references like that but honestly like anytime they do like references you're supposed to kind of get like the movie's kind of nudging you in the ribs being like hey you're an adult watching a kid's movie don't you get that and it was all sort of that just that top that same type of topical humor that dreamworks was reveling in at the time that it's like like at one point the missing link walks out and he's like oh it's kind of war i noticed that the climate's kind of changed out here i wouldn't that be a convenient truth and i'm and i was like what that would be great that would be a very convenient truth yeah and it's like uh okay i guess this is a good joke they thought to put in a movie for babies (laughs) (laughs) um that's a joke that's so like I don't think it's a bad joke, but something about it really feels out of place no matter what. I don't think mm-hmm. there's a way you can make that put that joke in a movie yeah. where it feels natural. Do um, you yeah. <laughs> do you think the movie never got a sequel because Fox News targeted Monsters vs. Aliens for bringing up like liberal climate change agenda? <laughs> Tucker Carlson probably goes on some rants like it's like we have the missing link and he's trying to bring up climate change to our children i'm sure that's the only reason there was no sequel that's the only reason why (laughs) um no you're right though with the references like the only references the only moments i can think of where they uh you know directly reference things are very like on the nose pop culture referencey type things like um well just in the scene where uh the president tries to make contact with the giant alien robot and he uh he walks up the stairs to the eye and he gets on the keyboard and he first he plays the like five notes from close encounters of the third kind right the mm-hmm. do 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 uh and then that doesn't work and then he plays the beverly hills cop theme mm-hmm. yeah the harold yeah. faltmeyer axel f track yeah yeah um, which is, I think, one of the most eye-rolly, annoying things in any movie ever. <laughs> is that it, it is? Yeah, it's pretty, especially like easily a decade out from the movie's release. It is especially like, uh, like I said, it's like I don't know 
you know, it's a it's first a 70s movie reference, then doing a joke <laughs> on an 80s song. And again, this is a movie for babies. So I guess this is this is so that the adults don't feel too guilty about uh, being in a theater with screaming babies and kids and watching this thing. And they're gonna be like, oh, that's a thing I recognize. And therefore, yeah. I'm justified in my ticket purchase for this movie or rental or whatever. And there's a lot of moments where it feels like the joke is just that someone is dancing. Cause like the president doesn't just play the song. He's like performing it. He's dancing, uh, like shaking his butt back and forth. It's like, it's just, it's just too much. I feel like a lot of CG (laughs) animated movies, that is their default like joke. If they can't think of something, it's like, Eh, I don't know. Well, what if the character just did a dance and it was funny looking or the dance yeah. is like some type of new, the current viral dance craze. Uh, oh, who, who knows? There could be the next DreamWorks movie. We could have the, the P song uh, in the movie. In the movie. <laughs> don't if they, you if we can get it, dare. Yeah, if we get it on TikTok, then DreamWorks can have, uh, I don't know, Toothless doing the P dance. Yeah. Mm-mm. And then the other reference from that scene that I actually do like it is uh, they shoot some missiles at the robot and one of them has E.T. Go Home written on it, which is, uh, I think, a very realistic uh, thing. In case you don't know, that's a reference to E.T., the extraterrestrial, the 1982 movie, in case you didn't get that. Oh, yes, yes. Um, In that movie, he wants to go home. Yeah, he wants to go home in that movie. So it's ironic when the missile says go home and it's it's a reversal right that's what's exactly. funny about it uh what do you think john uh i didn't hate it yeah i liked what it was attempting to do and part of me wishes that it tried to uh make this attempt um of this movie not necessarily in the present 2008 setting but more because it we're all agreed this is set in 2000 the the movie is set in 2008 yes it's uh, present day that is it's, yeah 2009 2008 2008 2009 just like yeah i i would have preferred a 1950s 1960s setting mm. i i would have dug that yeah 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 i, I would because i i like mid mod and having that setting and everything would have been nice. But I think the reason that they chose not to do that was probably because of Incredibles doing that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. So, I mean, most of their characters already look like they belong in the Incredibles universe with the <laughs> over-exaggerated uh, features in, 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 their, in their eyes and faces yeah. and and. and yeah. Can I can I say I thought that the humans in this movie were utterly disgusting looking. They were. They 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 were. A, they were. Yeah. Like they were. Like I don't know if it was an intentional thing to be like, oh well, the humans have to look more monstrous because they're the actual monsters. But like they end up looking. You know how like if you go if you well no, there's no longer video stores anymore. It's all streaming. But you know how you go into like some streaming services and there are obvious knockoffs of Disney and Pixar movies that some like CG company in Taiwan or the Middle East or whatever has just farted out some ripoff so that they can get downloads. Uh, and, yeah. and, and their humans just look so 
disgusting looking and so plasticine and whatnot. You're, you're talking about uh the company um uh video brinquedo yeah or toyland yeah. video yeah it looks like those it the, the humans honestly look like a slightly better version than those character models honestly uh yeah i thought they were gross looking and, and yeah and, didn't and care for yeah didn't care for them and the fact that like this movie was advertised as a 3D movie. You have to look at their like ugly noses just just pointing out at you in the cinema. I'd probably throw up my popcorn if I saw that. <laughs> oh, a whole, a whole you know popcorn? what? The the company that makes those dumb movies, Video Bing- Brinkato or Toyland Video, uh, they uh, so they famously just like make like cheap ripoffs of. Uh, more successful movies from major studios mm-hmm. and they actually made one that was kind of a knockoff of monsters versus aliens and oh. the incredibles which i think it's very clear that like this movie was made because the incredibles exists and dreamworks yeah. was like oh we need one of those mm-hmm. um but the the knockoff version of that is called little and big monsters <laughs> oh. <laughs> So are the little ones fighting the big ones in that, or are there any aliens? Or oh, I don't, I don't know. There's no information, no further information. Well, that's a spinoff episode we have to do now. We have to investigate this. Yeah, <coughs> perhaps, perhaps. There's a. I was out, John. Uh, your thing where you said that this should have been set in the fifties actually kind of makes the movie even more clear as a premise because like the the particular monsters that they're referencing like let's go down the line like so the seth rogan blob like that's obviously the 1950s blob blob yeah. right uh dr Cro- cockroach as we talked about is a takeoff of the fly yes um missing link Gi- missing link is the creature creature from the black lagoon uh ginormica is like the 50 foot woman or whatever right Yes. Yeah. Yes, and uh, insectas, insectazil, and insectosaurus is supposed to be a Godzilla Mothra takeoff. Right. And it's like, and so then it's suddenly what you said, John, made sense to me. It's like, oh, why isn't this set then during the 50s, 60s period? Because that's where those monsters, those that's where those monster references come from. So they yeah. make sense in that, and yeah, and suddenly. I'm wondering, like, well, why did they set this in modern times then? Like, other than just, like, you know, is the movie for babies, so we have to set it in modern day or else dummies yeah. won't, like, get it. it I think it it's ha- so that they can make modern references. Modern references, and I, I still stand by the fact that uh, Incredibles came out and had the mid-mod aesthetic first. So not to feel like they were totally plagiarizing them. They were like, <laughs> well, we like the aesthetic. We want to use it. Yeah. I mean, we're using ideas from that era, yeah. but we can't really use that aesthetic. It has to yeah. be modern day setting. Because it, it is essentially like a superhero team up movie, right? You have like right. your protagonist who's going through like the superhero transformation meets a bunch of other superhero misfits and then they team up to take down a bad guy. And it's like, yeah, that makes total sense that like, okay, well, what if we did all those plot mechanics, but instead of superheroes, they're monsters. 
monsters, eh? Eh, yeah. that's different enough. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, you're right. And 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 I do like that they have the the like black and white old like you know sci-fi looking uh, version of the DreamWorks animation logo at the start. That's about yes. as far as it goes beyond the monsters original monsters origins. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. I'll say the only really deep cut nerdy reference I could find in this movie is at one point the the head alien that's voiced by that's Rain Wilson. Yeah, yes. Gal- Galaxar. Galaxar. Um, he at one point gives the command "destroy all monsters." Yes, which is a title of a Godzilla movie with a kind of similar plot where the Godzilla and his fellow earth monsters have to fight an alien threat. So, yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's something. I mean, that's definitely an intentional reference there. It It is. Um, And, and I can confirm that uh, because I, again, watched this movie with the commentary on from the two directors and the producer. And they said, yes, that line is a reference to destroy all monsters, which is one of our favorite Godzilla films. It's nice. um yeah, it's one of my favorites too. It's a super silly one, even compared to some Godzilla movies. But it's a it's a ton of fun because it it's actually acts as the Avengers Endgame of the Toho uh, monster cinematic universe they had built at that point, where basically all the Toho monsters they had introduced come together and fight aliens. It's a lot of fun. Do you, th- do you think the the new monster verse that just gave us uh, Godzilla versus Kong? Do you think that they're working towards a destroy all monsters like a modern version uh i don't know i feel like if the monsterverse had a culmination point like an avengers movie it was it was godzilla versus kong um could they do a destroy all monsters i don't know godzilla versus kong to me feels like uh like the first avengers film you know yeah Like, like oh we've crossed them over they've met now we've established that the universe is bigger yeah than you you know maybe thought if yeah. you weren't paying attention it kind um, yeah it kind of depends like warner because it's the the rights in monsterverse are weird because warner brothers owns the monsterverse version of kong so they can do whatever they want to with kong but but even monsterverse godzilla is still shared with toho so they have to go through toho and make sure that everything they do with him in those movies gets the all clear from them uh so i mean at this point they've made a bunch of godzilla monsterverse movies so that's fine so yeah, i i think it would all depend on if like they toho's still willing to play ball essentially yeah i do kind of like that this movie has a very broad definition of what a monster is because i feel like the word monster can mean so many different things depending on what era or what genre what category you're thinking about because obviously there's like the universal classic monsters which include Uh like you know frankenstein dracula creature from the black lagoon the mummy the wolfman Uh and like yeah those are all classic monsters uh and i don't even mean that as like the brand name but just like that's like you know that's a classic definition of what a monster is Uh and then there's things like godzilla and uh other giant monsters like that which feels like a completely different thing like i wouldn't put dracula and godzilla under the same umbrella of like, these are the same type of thing, but they're both monsters. Mm -hmm. So they kind of are, they just, they don't, 
feel like that. Um, and this movie is just like, yeah, a monster is a monster. They're all we're going to we're going to pull from every version of what the word monster has meant in movie history of, across time. Yeah. The only mistake the movie makes in this categorization sense is that Jeffrey Tambor is in the voice cast, but he's not a monster. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, and uh, that was a that was a big oopsie on their part, really. Yeah. yeah. Missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out of early <laughs> it's like ah we know what he's done so i guess we should have had him as a monster yeah uh. <laughs> but you do make a point kenneth like uh, you have your classic universal monsters and and that's that's like the classic sense of being a monster but then you have the the, the 50s and 60s black and white films where it's uh it's all uh. the mid mod monsters where uh oh oh that train did not alert the the crossing uh those bells i rely on those bells to know yeah and they have just been sneaking up i don't know what's going on you could probably contact uh yeah yeah you could submit this podcast as evidence to the uh, train council or transportation safety. Yeah. Thing. Those yeah. bells are su- there for everyone's safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not going off. Somebody's going to get hit by a train. This yeah. is a real concern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even just about playing crazy train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a bigger issue now. Yeah. yeah this is, yeah. this is, this is dangerous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what this podcast is about. It's about public safety, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Ultimately when it comes down to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I'm sorry, John. You were talking about monsters. Uh, yes, uh, mid mod is your uh, atomic age of monsters. So a lot of the monsters that are featured on those films are, have to deal with like being from outer space or from a nuclear blast. Now they have powers or they've grown, and so you you it's almost it's almost schlock, but it's not. It's it's in its own kind of category of being atomic age monsters. Right. Um, and I think Atomic Age monsters, you can throw Godzilla in there because that's essentially like the same undertone. Like, yeah, it's it feels different just because the blob was not necessarily a nuclear monster, but it was from outer space. And that was part of that Atomic Age aesthetic. However, the blob is not did not have as many spinoffs or remakes or successful remakes for that matter as Godzilla has had. Right. Um, have you ever seen then, the blob remake, the 1980s blob remake? No, but I can watch it on Peacock. Ooh, it's, it's on Peacock. In, it's on Peacock, and Ooh. I have it on my watch list. Ooh, it's a super good monster flick. I would definitely highly recommend yeah. it. I, I have seen the review on of it on Red Letter Media, and I, I've seen enough of it to go, all right, I'll give it a shot because I have uh, the Blob, the the fifties one on Blu-ray, thanks to the Criterion Collection sale that Barnes and Noble had, mm. uh, which yeah. it was a really good watch. Yeah, uh, Steve McQueen so, plays a teenager mm-hmm. in that movie. I know, right? They can. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the real movie magic, right there. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's a very charming story where I forget what town it is, but the wh- whatever town, 
uh, wherever in whatever town they shot the movie theater scene where all the patrons are, you know, running out of the theater because the blob is coming. Yes. Uh, every year they have what's called the blob fest. I think, and it's this big oh. like celebration about the blob, and the big culminating event is all the participants go inside of the, uh, I guess, still standing theater. They go in the lobby and they all run out for t- to recreate that scene. And then I've seen video; it's very fun and charming because people will get that costumes is cool. and yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fun little local thing that I I like. Neat, oh, that's fun. I like that. Um. um oh yeah. Go you- ahead, John. And and also to even go further beyond that, you also have like late seventies, eighties monsters, which are all the slasher films, uh, like Freddy, Jason, Leatherface. Yeah, and Michael even Myers. then, like I don't know that many people call. Them, even though yes, they are monsters. Uh, like they 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 seem to fit in the same definition as the classic Universal monsters. But I feel like no one ever really calls them monsters, you know? Like, the yeah. slashers are almost their own category that's just called slashers, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, but I guess uh, I'd be interested to do a poll. Maybe this will be the question, because um, uh, on Anchor, which is what we use to publish, you can now put, like, a question on Spotify. So if you listen on Spotify, uh, I'm going to put the question, uh, do you think that slashers like freddy krueger are monsters do you consider those monsters or are they kind of something different Mm. um so that's the question for the listeners uh this 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 episode uh well i would like to i would like to know from listeners if they consider the stegosaurus the sexiest dinosaur and i would like to hear your answers it goes without saying Mm, okay. <laughs> look i don't want to dino kink shame anybody but you know um let's talk about the individual characters because i i really like all of them uh like i mean talking about like the main monsters um bob especially i remember being yeah. really annoyed by bob and all the marketing for this movie um yeah because it's like man they just you know the, the way that poe the panda is jack black just being Jack Black in an animated character. That's what Bob is with Seth Rogen. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't know that I was super into it at the time, but but watching it this time, I loved I loved him. He yeah. might be the best character in He's the such movie. a lovable idiot. Yeah. And did this occur to any of you? Did, doesn't he feel like Olaf before Olaf became a thing? Oh, it didn't occur yeah. with the characteristics, mannerisms. Yeah, yeah like I could see that. like he basically this kind of you know kind of this amorphous thing who doesn't feel pain, and he also has this sweet naivete to him, or can't under or can't understand metaphors or whatnot. And it's like right, huh. it suddenly really occur, and he's also like really driven by a particular comedic presence and i was like huh is this olaf basically the dreamworks already developed an olaf before olaf happened you're right i think you're right about that that's really i like that a lot actually that bob is olaf before olaf we need bob's Um, recreations of dreamworks movies shorts coming to peacock or whatever (laughs) yeah yeah i would love that yeah um and his his whole running joke about uh 
he thinks that he's engaged to Derek or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. He, I, there's a lot of criticism about celebrity voice acting. And I know you guys have kind of, you know, obviously with DreamWorks being a big proponent of this, like, I, I don't know. I think Seth is probably one of the better examples of this. Cause it, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause it is, you, you can't, it's not like he's necessarily doing a different ish character. Like, you know, that that is Seth Rogen voicing that character, but it is like the right type of animated character for him. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like, um, Mantis, his character in Kung Fu Panda, where it, it it's a it's such a yeah. strange choice for the Seth Rogen to voice that character. Like, yeah, like there's nothing about that character that says that Seth Rogen should voice it, and there's nothing about Seth Rogen that fits that character. It's like mm-hmm. such a it's just purely stunt casting, and Bob is like the perfect character for Seth Rogen to play. Yeah, I mean, I think just because Seth in general just has that kind of nice sweet easygoing presence like as much as people make fun of him for that laugh it's like no but when you hear that laugh it's like okay i like this guy yeah i like this guy he's not gonna annoy me because he has that good laugh you know right (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and he does it in the movie so many times yeah Yeah. and they they were like wait a minute if if seth rogan if his body could jiggle when he also did that voice that like it reverberates like and you see the fluctuating globs of his skin that's a character yeah yeah <laughs> what if what if you uh, like what if you could see seth rogan's laugh what would it look like it would look like this blue blob <laughs> <laughs> um his laugh personified and bob i do think that the casting is pretty good like i like all of the characters and i think the voices really fit um like reese witherspoon is ginormica her voice is a little uh nondescript for voice acting but i love reese witherspoon yeah i think her character i had the i think until she got a little bit more involved in the action i was like kind of a little bit like eh, i don't know about because she just had that kind of like i want to be a, I want to be small again and marry this dude me 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 and then <laughs> but it was like but then i was like okay once she started actually like taking action like there's the scene that I like with her was when uh, the alien who I keep forgetting his name, Galaxar, uh, Galaxar. Galaxia, like Galaxar, like he she starts chasing him throughout the spaceship and he starts putting up like doors and barriers and other thing and she just easily breaks through all those. I'm like, yeah. that's a fun sequence. The tunnel so, sequence, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and then like she, <laughs> I don't know. Again, this wasn't intentional, but maybe this is just what the pop culture airs. But like the costume she wears at the end of the movie kind of looks like what 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 uh, Marvel's Eternals are wearing in all the advertising. Oh. Yeah, that uh, that uh, the bodysuit. Yeah, bodysuit, and it's kind of yeah. sparkly, and there's you know insignias that you don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it seems very '90s Marvel. Like, yeah, like space Marvel. To yeah be, to be specific not necessarily mm-hmm. like mutants or anything but anything that had to involve space and anything involving uh jack kirby's uh artwork involving space and the stars and the cosmos it, it hearkened uh, oh god for sure now now we have to put a jack kirby credit on this movie too yeah <laughs> mm. 
He deserves it. For sure. Um, what about Hugh Laurie as Dr. Cockroach? I like his I like his performance. It was solid. It was good. He had a good uh he had a good evil uh well not evil. He had a good mad scientist laugh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whenever he's telling Susan that he's gonna like try to make her normal size again and he evil laughs and she's like, I don't I don't think you should do that before you turn that machine on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was good. That's a good little bit of business. Yeah. yeah. People forget that he's like a very talented voice artist and voice actor because I think people probably first know- knew him really from House MD in that yeah. particular way he spoke. But it's like, nah, he has a career of doing funny voices and this is another funny voice he can do. I didn't know yeah. he had a career doing funny voices. What, what else has he done? I mean, before House MD, he had a longtime career in British comedy with A Touch of Fry and Laurie yeah. and Black Adder and whatnot. And just mm. doing like different types of characters and different and types of funny voices. Being Stuart Little's dad. He, being Stuart yeah. Little's dad, <laughs> the most important role of his life. Yeah. Um, and one of the one of the two henchmen in the live action one hundred and one Dalmatian movie. Yep. Oh, he was in that. What the the nineties one, right? Yeah. yeah, with Glenn Close. Right. Okay. And I, uh, uh Jeff Daniels. Ah, yes, that one. I don't want to watch that Cruella one because it's too it's nearly three hours long. It's like I don't know if I need three hours to learn about how Cruella Deville hates dogs. I don't think I need that. <laughs> her parents were killed by dogs. Yeah, I heard that. Like are are they like bitten to death or like do they just Eat them up like I'm. Uh, apparently, they get pushed off the top of a roof. Oh, yeah, dogs. the dogs like push them off the roof. It's so <laughs> crazy. I, I mean, haven't, I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the cl- uh, like a brief clip from like the honest. No, it was the pitch meeting on on YouTube. I mean, if that's the origin story, I get it. Yeah, I get you, Cruella. <laughs> I wouldn't like dogs after that either. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie either. I'm I'm curious. I do want to watch it. Uh, I'll get to it someday. Um, what about uh, uh uh oh Will Arnett as the missing link? I like him. Yeah. It, it kind of felt like the <laughs> he. I don't know. I don't know how how to describe or feel about it. Uh, I kind of want to say this was around the same time that he was doing uh, Arrested Development. No. Uh, yes i think this may have been just after arrested development got originally canceled yeah Yeah. i think it was that type of period where he was where he was starting to get noticed so like he wouldn't maybe get like lead roles but people were like oh yeah that particularly funny guy from arrested development yeah yeah we can have him as this supporting part or whatever and he has such a good voice for things like this he has yeah. a surprisingly ro- more robust like voice acting career than you would imagine. Yeah, he's got like this, and he's in Despicable Me, and yeah, uh, he's, he's in Ratatouille. Lego- Ratatouille. He's Lego Batman. Uh, he's BoJack Horseman. So he has more credits than I think you would imagine. And he's the current voice of the Reese's Candy commercials too. Oh, oh, is he? Yeah, that's Good it for him. Trying to look at Arrested Development. Arrested Development was on originally from 2003 to 2006. So again, it would have been at, right at kind of the 
thing where it's like it was already canceled but people were like oh man you remember that really funny cool show that got canceled because the man didn't get it yeah yeah he might have gotten hired from this while the show was still airing honestly Mm -hmm. because of how long animated movies take to make yeah 2006 to 2009 i have a feeling he probably got hired right at the tail end of arrested i feel like that's how a lot of uh under the bubble comedians get their kind of foot in the door with like acting roles. I've noticed that like, if there's like some comedian on like a sketch show or a sitcom that seems to particularly pop, you'll see them suddenly show up as a voice acting gig on like, I don't know, angry birds, the movie or something like that. (laughs) Starring Ted Lasso. That's right. (laughs) But he it's, it's weird. He was so angry and now he's, he's a sweet guy. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> angry bird to sweet man the story yeah. of uh, jason sudeikis yeah that's what his uh <laughs> biopic is gonna be called okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so yeah i like all the uh, rain wilson how about rain wilson as galaxar well before you you jump to that oh, okay uh, i want to touch real quick how do you feel about him looking pretty much like the creature from the black lagoon yet being called the missing link Hmm. That's a good. I mean, what does the missing link actually mean? Isn't that like a monkey thing? Yeah, it's it's the missing link between uh, ape and human. No, so I kind of feel like he would have been more hairier instead of scaly. Well, yeah. they give him chest hair if you look at his design. Like, uh, if you they give him like this big thing of chest hair to, I guess, indicate how old he is um i don't know i guess maybe it was an easier workaround than saying creature from the black lagoon or any other type of copyrighted material but now there is a animated movie called missing link so oh yeah oh weirdly enough uh with the in the missing link character and that is named susan now i'm thinking about it oh yeah oh shit Was DreamWorks or Leica Studios trying to silence me at that moment by uh, hurling a train? By sending a train through? Right. Uh-huh. They didn't want you to unveil the, uh-huh. the connection. Oh, I got it. Send another. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I think, a- yes. <laughs> it's all a conspiracy. Um, Maybe he's the missing link between like when 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 life was all in the uh, in the water you know, before oh, the uh, okay, before what was the Tiktaalik? I think was the first fish that that kind of crawled up onto the land. So you think he's like the first fish that crawled up on land? Or uh, yeah, I think so. He's a Tiktaalik. Okay. No, I'll those are that. TikTokers. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> no, <those are> t- <laughs> There's a comedian Howard Kramer who. Uh, is the founder and uh, basically the Pope of uh, the how to have a summer uh, <laughs> philosophy, which uh, is the belief that the summer, or as we call it, summer, those of us in the church of have a summer, um, summer is a special time of year. And even though we're not in school and we don't get summer vacation anymore, don't treat the summer like every other time of year. 
because next summer is promised to no man. Get out there and have a summer. Go to the pool. Go to the beach. Go to the water park. Go have fun. Get outside. Don't just work all summer. You got to have a summer. You got to have fun. And he's released uh, several albums of songs uh, about summer and having a summer and various summer things. And one of the songs on one of his albums uh, is about Tiktaalik, which is the only reason I know. Um, and I think the the concept of the song is that Tiktaalik uh, messed up by coming up on land because the water is better. <laughs> it's like, you should have stayed in the water, Tiktaalik. Yeah. I was going to ask how you, how you knew about that, but, you know, <laughs> you just have a wealth a wellspring of information. I hope... Hit- uh, Hidden in your brain. I hope Lee Brett Schneider is not listening to this episode because I might use that for uh for if we ever go back on uh no nonsense on no nonsense. Oh, that'd yeah. be a good one. Yeah, that, that would be a good one. And you won't remember. No, because I don't remember anything. <laughs> Who am I? Where am I? Yeah. What am I doing here? We're talking about monsters versus aliens. DreamWorks hit film. Spawned an entire franchise, a Nickelodeon and uh, uh, animated series, two Halloween specials. What more could you ask for? Did it spawn a franchise? I mean, I just listed what? everything that came from it. Oh, not I a mean, movie franchise. No, I mean, yeah, no. I mean, if you have a TV show, that's a, I count that as at least a franchise. Yeah, I've never watched the Nickelodeon show. Me neither. No, me neither. I don't. I wonder too if you can find that anywhere too. I wonder. I'm if... pretty sure it's on Paramount Plus. Ah, well, that's well. I I didn't have a reason to sign up for it, but now now I do. Now you do. Yeah. Now I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna check right now. I'm gonna verify. But while we would while I do that, how do we feel about a uh, Galaxar about about Rain Wilson as Galaxar? Eh. I thought the design was on par with the humans. Uh, the <laughs> the two extra eyes uh, were were a little. Eh, I don't know if I like this or not. Not in the sense of do I like the design or not, but if I find it pleasing or not. I don't think that I find it pleasing. Uh, and yeah tentacles yeah big head yeah it's an alien yeah is it am i reading too much into it that he looks a little too much like uh megamind no you're not i do think he looks a little too much like megamind like essentially like he was essentially megamind 1.0 and then it's like well wait a minute take away the tentacles and the eyes and you got megamind proto megamind megamind is another movie kind of like this one that i i forget about it all the time um and i think megamind is actually a lot better than than most people remember megamind um, is a surprisingly more clever movie than you than people would expect i think yeah i think i think the main thing that hurt megamind was one uh it came out the same year as how to train your dragon and two it also came out the same year as despicable me and yeah. so uh it got overshadowed both by its like it's competition and the other movie from its own studio mm. both outshone it. And so it kind of just goes under the radar for most people. Yeah. 
I, uh, yeah, I mean, I like Rain Wilson, but I didn't find the villain to be particularly interesting or memorable or whatever. It's, it's, I kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of hate the way he's written. Um, he says a lot of really stupid, annoying things. Like, what is it when when they when they when the computer whose voice is Amy Poehler, which I, I think is fantastic, um, the computer says that the whatever it's called, the stuff that they're trying to get, um, uh, quant- quantonium, quantonium. When the quantonium is detected on a planet locally known as Earth. And he goes, lame. Like, why? Why? Why does he say that? Why does he talk like that? Because I, kids might think it's funny. That's not a reason. <laughs> I, I think, it, I mean, that's the end. There are gags in this movie I do like, but it. I think that the fact that it just remains, the humor itself just remains so kind of dated and uh, and also like anonymous that like um like if you like there are gags in this that don't like it this they were like they don't feel unique to the movie they easily could have been like in any other whatever cgi movie for kids at any other point in the 2000s if that makes right it's almost like the the writers of this movie like looked up an article they they just went on google and they were like what are what are like slang things that kids are saying these days Mm In the year 2006, when the movie is starting development. Yeah. Uh, make sure all of these things are in the movie. And even though it's going to come out in 2009, don't update or change any of them. And don't try to actually write real jokes. Just put words that kids say in the movie. Speaking of like, especially 2000, uh, 2009, can we talk about Stephen Colbert as the president? uh sure yeah what do you gotta say it's i like stephen colbert and but i find this character to be very odd in the sense that like this character so that i mean that character the way he's designed like yeah there's a lot of celebrity voices in this but that character clearly was designed for stephen colbert to play like that oh yeah it looks it just looks like it just looks like (laughs) in fact it, it looks like stephen colbert as portrayed by like caricature artists you would find on like the boardwalk or at a carnival like hey here's you and you got a big head and you're holding a baseball bat isn't that fun? like that's what yeah. Stephen colbert looks like and then it's like yeah i think it's like that kind of thing with will arnett where it's like i don't think we have or even seth rogan where it's like i don't think we have necessarily a character for you but you are known for this kind of persona in this case like being this kind of high my this pompous guy and it's like so we're gonna put you in there and again i like steven and clearly at the time they were trying to capitalize off the success of the colbert report um yeah but it's it's kind of i don't know like as much as i like steven it it it, that character just rubbed me the wrong way with like the worst of like celebrity voice casting if that makes sense yeah and Steven has done voice acting where he he's different characters and it's not just relying on his persona that he's established in other things. So it seems, you know, I mean, it's, again, not too surprising at this point in the DreamWorks filmography, but it yeah, it's kind of icky in that sense for me. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, John. Didn't care for the character design. <laughs> uh and I I kind of 
dig him as being the president because essentially he is playing that uh Stephen Colbert the character from the Colbert Report mm-hmm. and where he's just like very I don't want to say idiotic maybe uh misaligned misinformed yeah he's just like uh, over yeah he's just like overly self-confident in himself yeah yes no matter also what. like so, at the same time terrified and uh never knows actually what to do <laughs> yeah always always kind of looking to towards others for the like is this is this what we should be doing all right yeah let's go let's do this <laughs> remember this was your idea but if it works it's my idea yeah i love the joke in the in like the war room where <laughs> when he uh he goes to press that huge red button and they're like, no no that launches all of our nuclear weapons and he's like well, which button makes my me an espresso and like the other button next to it and it's like the espresso button is exactly the same as the nuclear yeah, missile button huge, big which, red button yeah which <laughs> i love that yeah which and this might be my nerdy brain saying it that reminded me a bit too much of the Mr. Radar, Mr. Coffee joke from Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. It is kind of the same, but it's different enough that I loved it. <laughs> um, I think the last thing I have to say in this discussion portion of the show, and it's it, it kind of goes back to this whole, like, this movie feels kind of dated. It feels, you can you can just kind of, you know exactly when it came out. If you were paying attention to movies, at the time that this movie came out, then you can go back and be like, oh yeah, this movie was that like 2008 to, to 11 yeah. era. I, I want to say this was the first DreamWorks animated movie that was released in 3D. And man, the 3D gimmicky moments. Yeah. It's right, like... Right out of the gate. It's They're like right. Shrek 4D level. Like... Or, or 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 Muppet Vision 3D, like it uses the same gags, like the the tether. What's it called? The paddle ball. Yeah, yeah. You know Very you're beginning. in for yeah. You know you're in for a rough time when their first 3D gag is the paddle ball. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I feel that's like the contract for any 3D movie is like, <laughs> you want to have a 3D movie, you gotta have the paddle ball scene. Is the right. paddle ball industry only still going strong because <laughs> of 3D movies? I'd have yeah, to they say must so, be hurting. People see that and they go. Oh yeah, I remember that. I wonder if I'm still nope, I still suck at it. Yeah. Oh I've, yeah, I've never been able to operate a paddle ball for more than one whack. Yeah. Um interesting note uh when they were talking about that uh scene in in the commentary, it wasn't originally supposed to even be in there. But the animators took it upon themselves to kind of put that in there to not only test the 3D but to see what what the reaction would be whenever they would present that in in the 3D theater whenever they whenever they would be doing dailies and it got such a response that they're like all right yeah yeah, yeah let's keep that in mm. and and at the time when i was i was a senior in high school when this movie came out um and this is the time of my life where i was like super gung ho like about pixar and I, I thought that DreamWorks animation was just garbage. And <laughs> I think things like these 3D gags are part of the reason why. Because, um, like, you know, 2009 was uh, up 
Up was the Pixar movie that came out this year. That was their first 3D release. And uh, if you go back and watch Up, there's nothing in there that is egregiously like, oh, they were making this for 3D. You know, like, no, that's a normal movie that looks normal no matter how you watch it. Yeah. Um, and I think Pixar's uh, use of 3D was always so t- subtle and uh, more emotional <laughs> than like spectacular. Um, yeah, you want to be in the hospital room when Carl's wife right. died. Like that's yeah. where they were like, we really want you to smell the weird med- medicinal smells yeah. when she passes away. We're Pixar. Or they used it. They used it more to give like depth, more than it was for things to come out at you. You know. Yeah. Um, and then DreamWorks is like throwing things at your face, uh, and like it just it looks so stupid if you're if you're not watching it in three D. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, there was the one camera scene uh, where uh, Ginormica is just wakes up and she gets pushed out into the large uh, room area and the camera kind of like starts low and looks up with her and moves with her. Mm-hmm. I felt like that would have been like a really cool scene to see in 3D. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But compare that to the paddle ball or even the scene where the the missing link goes swimming in the pool and he gets chlorine in his eyes and he has monster hands reaching out in front of oh, him and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, the other thing I remember from when this movie was coming out was just seeing a lot of like behind the scenes featurettes that DreamWorks was showing off this new technology where um, they, they had the ability to basically like hold a physical like tablet thing that acted as a camera so yes. they could basically like record handheld camera shots in an animated movie um but without doing like motion capture um so like yeah like it, they would just basically place the camera in the you know th- animated environment or whatever and like with the character models and their movements already done and then uh they would like move the camera around with their actual physical hands looking at a monitor to capture uh, the, the the scenes. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you see all uh, some of that behind the scenes stuff on uh, the DVD extras when it, it, I mean, there's a whole segment that talks about the, the tech of monsters versus aliens. And they talk about this technology of being able to uh, utilize this where they don't necessarily have to, fully animate the scene and figure out where the camera is going they can just fully animate the scene and then take the camera with them in this room where it's where where it's kind of projected on the wall where they're at on the scene and then they can like move within that space the camera and move it wherever they want to move it and move it how they want to move it for that scene yeah so that's really cool that is cool it's cutting edge 2009 yeah it's still impressive by today's standards. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, I, I mean, I can't really think of anyone that's done that since unless I don't know about it. Right. Um, well, I do have uh, some tidbits from the commentary if you'd like to hear some oh, of it. Oh, yes. Let's get into it. Okay. 
So in the scene of the the facility where all the monsters are held, uh, where you're just being introduced to them, and they're there to eat, I guess, what their meal for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the porridge that gets dumped out onto the table is uh, reused textures from Shrek Swamp Mud. Oh. So that porridge on the table, Shrek Swamp Mud. That's cool. Yep. Uh, the whole scene uh, with Reese Witherspoon's character, Ginormica, running uh, through that city, uh, being chased by that probe. Yeah. Uh, it's rumored that there is at least a 60-minute uh, session on a CD of Reese Witherspoon, like, uh, giving effort and grunting on a microphone. <laughs> mm. uh, uh, well, that's not creepy. No. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have the morning show. Yeah. <laughs> Some of those comments on the commentary is like, I, I don't know where you're going with this, brother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to take this CDR home for free, sir. Right. <laughs> uh, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, as soon as he saw... Uh, and his name is Warmonger. Or we're, it, we're it, it's W R Monger. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Warmonger. Uh, his. Uh, as soon as he saw the character, he wanted to do a cross of the voice between the drill instructor from Full Metal Jacket and Yosemite Sam. <laughs> so that's that's what we got from that. Okay. Uh, the gazebo okay. scene that's at the beginning that has uh, Derek and Susan, um, that was mapped out with two uh, DreamWorks employees. I can't remember which departments they were from, uh, but they wore motion cap suits and they and they did that scene with motion capture. Why? I guess they were just tr- testing things out. <laughs> Possibly. It's like the sm- the simplest scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So a scene and where a woman needed to force her, tried to force herself on a guy, they needed motion ca- capture reference for that. I guess I don't know. Maybe they were just trying <laughs> so different. Us in the animation field don't know what that type of scenario yeah. was like, so we have to act it out. You mean the lady wants to be with the guy? Mm. <laughs> All right. What? I guess. Wow. That's female equality there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The last thing I have was a deleted scene. Mm. Uh, this scene was the tea scene uh, with Galaxar, where he's pouring himself uh, the tea. I don't know if you guys remember that or no. not. Uh, I think he's, it's when he's going to Earth and he's, he's like set set coordinates for this planet, blah blah blah, and all this this weird alien teapot is coming over and it's pouring into the, the tea uh, teacup and he's getting milk and sugar. It's all the, the 3d gimmick, right? Okay. Where things are flying in and out of the camera view. Yeah. Uh, originally, instead of just putting it into his mouth and slurping the tea, he was going to, and apparently this is, it was done this way. It got tested and they're like, please change this. Originally, he takes the teacup to his mouth and instead of immediately drinking from it, he blows the tea to cool it down, lowers the teacup off frame, 
below uh-huh. and you hear a slurping sound. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they said they that they got that. such a a reaction, not necessarily positive, but they got such a reaction from that <gasps> scene that they're like we need to change this. <laughs> Imagine if that was like part of a 4D film experience and you'd have yeah. like water effects like spraying on the audience during that scene. Yeah. Be Yikes. amazing. Wow. All right. And that's uh, all the I don't see, I what's wrong with that? That's how I drink my tea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a gross thing <laughs> to, to try to do. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, I like I kind of respect their uh, commitment that the fact that they actually like animated that. Yeah. Not only did they animate it, they they did it and they were like, yeah, this is good. Let's see how it tests. Yeah. And were <laughs> let's like, show the let's show the kids. Let's show the kids. What's <laughs> and go, made a terrible mistake. Uh, um uh the baby back the baby got back test uh for any new time new first time listeners this is a part of the show where we determine if a film passes a test called the baby got back test the test is simple it is a two-part question part one does this film include the song baby got back and part two should this film include the song baby got back? Uh, If the answer to both questions is yes or no, then it passes the test. But if the answers are uh, mix and matched, so one of it is in the movie and it should not be, or it's not in the movie and it should be, then the film fails the baby got back test. Discuss. Um. I, I do before we discuss I, I have a request. Okay. Uh are you familiar with the Bechtel test? Yes, I am. Could we rem- rename this segment the baby got Bechtel test? Oh the baby got Bechtel test? Yes. <laughs> yes. I okay. will uh I will adjust my notes wow. right now. Excellent. Thank you. Um mm. the yeah, the <laughs> the Bechtel <laughs> test was partly the uh, inspiration for the baby got back test. So I think this is excellent. Mm. It's a good thing that guys are reclaiming the Bechdel test. It was about time that that happened. (laughs) (laughs) The baby got Bechdel test. Um, (laughs) And for those who don't know, the Bechdel test is a feminist film uh, criticism uh, test, which asks in a movie or story, is there a scene where two uh, female characters talk to each other about something other than a man? Uh, yeah. Which I think this film fails the Bechdel test. It uh, does. I don't think. It, yeah. I don't. I, I think the only two women that talk to each other are Susan and her mom. Yeah, she doesn't have a. Oh, it's yeah. bedtime for somebody. Somebody That's, gotta go to sleep soon. Oh, I, I gotta go to bed soon. Uh, Is it yeah. you? Yeah, it's me. I gotta. Uh, uh yeah my yeah the uh, yeah, Bechtel <laughs> test I got bedtime test coming up yeah the bedtime <laughs> test are you I asleep hope, no I hope you pass uh, fail yeah ah damn <laughs> <laughs> uh, baby <laughs> baby don't got bad time bedtime yeah um uh, so the movie does not feature baby got back 
It does yes. not. Should it? Honestly, uh, it, it might. It might as well, right? Because it has. Yeah, I mean, there there are so many. Well, not a lot, but there are different other song references that do not really justify their insertion into the movie anyway. Yeah. So I don't think Baby Got Back neither elevates nor hurts the movie necessarily. You I think eat. Baby Got... Or go, go John. No, no, you go, you go. I think there are moments that Baby Got Back could be used that make more sense than some songs that are used. Like... Um, well, for the mm. for instance, Susan is a giant lady. She's got a big butt. Right. Exactly. She has a giant. She's she got the most giant, giant butt in the world. A, she has a giant, the most giant butt in the world. We need to have a song that describes this. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> sort of like how, to- yeah. like how Toy Story had you got a friend in me to describe <laughs> the, the what's going on in the movie. <laughs> Baby Got Back can be that from Monster vs. Aliens. Yeah. And you can even have a cameo by an animated Sir Mix-a-Lot who's walking through the city. <gasps> and he looks up and sees the shadow of Ginormica and yeah. just lowers yeah. his sunglasses and yells, Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was <laughs> originally thinking you could have easily replaced the Beverly Hills Cop theme with uh, Baby Got Back. Oh, yeah. For contacting the probe. Honestly, you could have put any song right there and it would make as much sense as what they did that mm-hmm. would be a great tiktok oh, oh just replacing the just, song absolutely just any using any song in that scene that you get bah, 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 or that that's the opener they go with right yeah, yeah. That's what and, then it, first. and then it goes into whatever yeah song and then he cracks the add. knuckles and yeah. then uh, changes the settings on the keyboard and then just play go. any song yeah the night Chicago died. <laughs> <laughs> um, or you know what? Even if you didn't want to make it about Susan, you could do Baby Got Back about um, Bob. I feel like Bob could be made yeah. to have a big butt. Baby Got Blob. Yeah. You could have have him talking to the Jello at the party. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that there we go. Yeah. Little in the middle, but she got much fruit. Yeah, yeah. much pineapple. Fourteen much. pineapple chunks. Oh damn! <laughs> okay, wow. I, I didn't. I didn't realize how many uh, characters in this movie had had big juicy butts. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's. But that's the. That's the magic of the baby got Bechdel test. <laughs> um. What is it? I like him. This is a uh, Bob identifies with Moto Moto. He likes them. He does big, <laughs> and he likes them chunky. Okay. Yeah, with chunks, with chunks of pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> there is more fat acceptance in these DreamWorks movies than one would expect. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. True. I like it. Yeah. So uh, I think this I... film fails the uh, the baby got backdoor test. Nah, yeah. Damn. Damn. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Travis. You were going to start saying something. Uh, I think, you see, here's the thing about this movie is that I think it's pretty nondescript, pretty, uh, you know, I, at worst, maybe mediocre in the scape of DreamWorks filmography, but I do think it's interesting. So this is a 2009 movie, and mm-hmm. then next year, 2010, I feel is kind of a monumentous year for animated movies because next year... You have 
uh, Disney going full force into CG with Tangled. Yeah, you yes. get yeah. Twenty ten is one of the best years in animated uh, yes. film releases so, ever. So here's what I think is interesting. So okay, so in two thousand nine. Disney fails with Princess and the Frog, but then Tangled is a hit the next year. Right. Uh, 2010, Pixar does Toy Story 3. Right. Uh, and Up Up was the year before, so that's not yeah. necessarily um, a, uh, a redemption of any sort. You know, Pixar's, it, been, Pixar's been hit after hit after hit for for 15 years at this point or however long you know if i don't if you could contextualize it is maybe toy story 3 the last hurrah because isn't the movie after that cars 2 yeah cars 2 and then brave which is uh i like brave but it's definitely not one of the more highly regarded pixar movies so maybe if you were to like mark it as like maybe that's the end of a golden run almost maybe of them because cars yeah. 2 is pretty I mean, I don't like the Cars movies anyway, but like Cars Two especially is. I actually, I actually am probably one of the strongest defenders of Cars Two. I think Cars Two is a fun movie, and I don't think it does anything like really that offensive at all. I don't understand what people dislike so much about it. Um, I think the characters in Cars are terrible, and I wanted all (laughs) of them to have fiery deaths when they had that teaser of cars three of lightning mcqueen doing that big rollover I oh yeah like, the big crash yeah i was like good i hope i hope that <laughs> oh means oh my gosh i was like i, I hope, hope he's dead means, i hope he's dead i hope that means that they're finally killing off this fucking <laughs> annoying red and <laughs> car and he takes um, out a couple more characters uh, i remember i remember seeing that first teaser for cars three and just thinking wow cars is gonna be the most tonally inconsistent trilogy in the history of film because the first movie is cars it's like whatever i don't even know how to describe the tone of the first movie it's kind of just what whatever mm-hmm. then the second one is just like big fun action spy movie that is not meant to be taken seriously i don't think at all and then the third one's like all right but now he's gonna maybe die and that's the first thing we're gonna tell you yeah. about this movie. It's like now it's very, very serious. Yeah. Weirdly, I hate the Cars franchise. I actually do like Cars Three. I actually do like that one. Cars Three is the one. best Cars movie by far, without question. Yeah, uh, it's but, so good. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> um, getting back to 2009, going into 2010 with animation. Oh yes. Um, here's what I here's what I think is the more interesting correlation because. I think we've already talked about how, like, you know, Monsters vs. Aliens, it has its positives, but its negatives is that it seems rather nondescript. It relies too much on the celebrity casting or the timely jokes and whatnot. And so the next year in 2010 uh, for DreamWorks is How to Train Your Dragon, which I feel is, like, probably their bigger, their biggest game changer since Shrek, I think. Like, the one where it's like, oh, wow, this is this is different from the DreamWorks company and this could be a different type of tone they could be setting with their animated movies. Yeah. Because I feel like everything in the the first decade of 2000s with DreamWorks animation is the Shrek effect, essentially. It's like Shrek hit big, so everything else is kind of like the after effects of Shrek, including Monsters vs. Aliens. Yeah. And even including... Mm -hmm even including Kung Fu Panda, which I think is like the best version of, yes. of that. I agree. Um, it, 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 
it still feels like it is a descendant of Shrek, even though it is like very different from anything they had done up to that point. It's it still feels on on course yeah. for what DreamWorks has been up to this yeah. point. Whereas How to Train Your Dragon, which is you know coming down the pipeline for you guys, that's you know it's that's the totally, next one. Yeah, it's totally different. It's a it's an action movie. The, there are celebrities in the voice cast, but they're not as prominent in the advertising. And then I think you see that effect of, and and I don't want, and I don't mean this to sound uh, derogatory, but it it does feel like the DreamWorks movies kind of start taking a better uptick in quality after this. Not that every movie after How to Train Your Dragon is golden, but it's like there seems to be they seem to start shaking the Shrek formula at least and trying different things. Yeah, um, but and here, for, oh, go ahead, Kenneth. Well, for a little while right here, it feels like most of the movies that, that DreamWorks has been putting out are like non, un, like very unremarkable. And every now and then you're like, oh, well, that one was actually really good. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they're kind of like weird or or just like uh, too. Yeah, yeah, that like Shrekky, you know? Yeah, they're um, like really disposable, essentially. Yeah, right. with with your with your occasional gem. And I feel like it's it kind of flips after How to Train Your Dragon, where like most of them are great, and every now and then you get one that's like, ah, you don't, you can skip that one. So if Monsters vs. Aliens is the last of this time period for DreamWorks before How to Train Your Dragon, what I think is interesting is that you see another studio in 2010 essentially sort of pick up that mantle, and that's Illumination, because 2010 is Despicable Me. Now, I think Despicable Me is actually pretty good, but I do feel that like if DreamWorks, if, if you think that DreamWorks is suddenly taking maybe more care in their product than they had in the past, it feels like a limit illumination with their films like all the Minion spinoffs and Secret Lives and Secret Lives of Pets and whatnot. They're kind of picking up the slack of like, okay, these are just safe bet animated family movies we'll get the celebrities to do it we'll do very easy relatable jokes and slapsticks we won't we won't be hitting home runs but we hitting you know reliable triples and doubles and make our money and everyone's generally happy without a lot of you know maybe without a lot of uh, more concrete thought put into it and uh it feels again maybe not intentional but i think that's an interesting passing of that formula from one studio to the other you know yeah and where despicable you know shrek uh i'm 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 hoping especially with this freaking mario movie oh, <laughs> oh well, i'm hoping that illumination will eventually shake the the curse that they have right now of the thing that that dreamworks had you know the shrek effect where they they made one hit and then they said, okay, people like this because of the references and the pop culture aspects and the celebrity voices. That's what people liked. And it's like, no, Shrek was actually a really good movie that had just happened to have all of that other stuff in it. And I feel like Illumination, I don't know what lesson they think they learned from Despicable Me, which is the only good movie that they've made. Um, uh, but they've been wrong ever since and they have continued to refuse to learn how to write a movie um (laughs) and i am hoping that they are able to shake that because 
I don't I don't know how much longer they can get away with just writing three unrelated plots and then putting them in a movie together that kind of comes together in the end but like until then you're like what does this scene what are these the, the thing that like Despicable Me 3 and Secret Life of Pets 2 both have this problem of like there's three plots happening at the same time and one of them is like the A plot and then there's a B and C plot and it keeps cutting back and forth between them but like none of them have anything to do with each other so like they spend so much time in Despicable Me 3 with Agnes like looking for a unicorn and I just remember being like what is is this gonna matter and it it never does and I'm like why did we spend so much time with that yeah what John, what yeah. was that for yeah john it's a good thing that you're not doing an illumination podcast because otherwise your plop synopsis would be wildly all over the place yeah with, yeah. with those movies it, it would feel like three different like <laughs> paragraphs going on at the same time you'd yeah. have to layer yeah. each paragraph of me recording that <laughs> synopsis can, over yeah. each yeah. other can, can so i make a, a garbled mess yeah can i make a wild prediction i think yeah. do it I think seeing two will be better than the Mario Brothers movie. Wow. Wow. I hope so. Yeah. Have you seen seeing you say it'll be better define Mm -hmm. better in terms of money, (laughs) less painful quality of film. Uh, Story. Uh, Like, do you think sing two will actually be good? Have you seen the first thing? Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. I've, oh, talked, about this. I've oh. talked about it at length on this show of yes. why I, I detailed what? it, uh, what, two episodes ago? Why I hate that movie? It was movie. last episode. Was oh. it? I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it again, but I you really don't you, like Sing. You didn't like the fact that Taron Edgerton was basically auditioning to be Elton John in that movie before he did the Elton John movie? Uh, it does not impact my <laughs> opinion of the film, no. <laughs> um, I, I, the thing with like the Mario Brothers movie is that like... They're either going to play it, I feel, either too disposable or too safe. And it's just going to feel, it's just going to feel like half measures to me. Uh, We know, then again, all we know is like the voice cast. We know we haven't seen any scenes or animation or anything, but it's like, and also that Nintendo notoriously has this kind of grip on their quality control, especially when you're using their characters it's like uh, yeah i I mean they haven't allowed any adaptation of any of their properties since the super mario brothers movie live action because that scared them off that scared them off right um and it's like and the fact that we just talked about illumination how they're just you know down the down the center lane just doing it just fine no causing you know big waves or anything just doing it just fine it's like yeah it's like at best, it'll probably be fine enough, but like, I don't know. You you could be having a great Super Mario Brothers movie, and I don't know if like the elements that are lined up are going to make that. You know, I hope it's really weird. I hope that it's like got some of the most bizarre humor. Like, I want Tim Robinson to write the Mario movie based on the cast that it has. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> i want i want a scene where mario yeah. grabs a star and it's like dun, 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 and like we see the world through his eyes and it's like insane 
Like that's what I with the cast that the movie has, like if it's not like the one of the weirdest movies ever made, then I don't I don't want it. Also, you can have some <laughs> sloppy mushrooms. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that mm, I don't know. Anyway, 2010, yeah, also has yeah, How to Train Your Dragon, Despicable Me, Toy Story 3, Tangled, Megamind. Uh Oh, Megamind's all- good. All-star year of animation. Yeah, that's a pretty good lineup. That's a that's a pretty good lineup all things considered. Um Oh, let the 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 fast food tie-ins. We'll go through this pretty quickly. There was a line of fast food toys from McDonald's for Monsters vs. Aliens. They each had their own little feature. Um, there was a Gynormica toy, and she had like shoes, or she had cars on her feet so she could skate. There was... Um... Oh, uh, yes? Can I bring this up now I'm thinking about it? Did someone at DreamWorks have a real thing for big women? Because I'm thinking there's Reese Witherspoon in this, and then there was B-Movie a few years earlier with the romance between... Barry and the Renee Zellweger. Do you think someone had it for for giant ladies? Possibly. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I wouldn't doubt it. Do you think that's why they push the 3D? It's like, oh, I really want to fill the 3D when a big lady is in the room. Oh boy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't want to read much into it, but I yeah. at this point, really chasing after that feeling of being held as a baby, you know, uh-huh. like, I just want a giant lady to hold me, mm-hmm. and make me yeah. feel safe. Someone really, someone has put together <laughs> compilations of those scenes when the Paul Rudd character gets picked up by yeah. Renee, yeah. by Reese Witherspoon, and they're just watching it on a loop. <laughs> Maybe they have that CDR of all those uh, voices that Witherspoon was making. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, there's a Galaxar That's toy. That's why John Lasseter you... got picked. <laughs> uh, Never mind. <laughs> Galaxar toy. If you pull on his legs, his a little light inside his head goes on. That's kind of neat. Um, there's a Bob toy. That's like a wind-up toy, kind of. That um, he has wheels on the bottom, and you like s- twist the top of his body to wind it up. And when he, you let him go. He travels forward while the, his top half like spins around um, like a little carousel thing. Mm. Uh, there's Dr. Cockroach in like some vehicle and it's it's just a pull and release toy like vehicle. Uh, that one's pr- probably the second most simple one. Uh, there's the missing link and he comes with like, I guess because he was uh, he was Captain America and uh trapped in ice until he was thought out so it comes with like these two pieces of ice that close around him and then you can like wind it up and press on his head and he busts out of the ice so that's kind of cool ah neat that, nah, that 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 memorable scene when he busts out of ice to yeah great on your own everybody's favorite moment in the movie yeah. um there's galaxar's ship which uh, is like four separate pieces that you connect in the middle. And then when you press down on the center piece, it like ejects all three of the other pieces outward, like a kind of like how like old, like toys when you would like shoot a little missile out of a little gun. It's kind of like that. Okay. Um, And then there's the giant robot, uh, which probe, the probe. 
Yes. It uh, it basically is just a pretty simple toy of it, and you can make its arms and legs extend out, or you can make it like collapse in to where it's basically just like a pod. Yeah, yeah. and that's um, basically the Omni Droid from Incredibles, right? When yeah, I saw basically. that thing. That's that's. I was like, oh, that's the that's the Omni Droid. <laughs> Um, their Insectosaurus toy is uh, pretty simple, and it has a little button on its on its belly that makes it squeak like a squeaky toy. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's it. Yeah, that's all the different toys that they did. They, they honestly, they look pretty good. They're like pretty good quality. Um, of course, we'll put the link to this fast food toy reviews video in the show notes, uh, so you can go watch it if you want to. Uh, this guy loves loves these toys just like he loves everything in his life (laughs) (laughs) have you seen any of the fast food toy reviews crevice uh no i have not well i'll do yourself a favor okay well i'll I'll ignore that uh bedtime reminder on my (laughs) phone and uh spend all night doing that yeah go down the rabbit hole well uh, john i'm sorry i i feel like i cut you off there Oh yeah, I was. Uh, I just wanted to check to see if you wanted to mention anything else before we moved on to Rotten Tomatoes. Oh well, we have to pitch the theme park still. Oh, I'm uh, jumping the gun. Yeah, and what we have mean? to sort. Ah yes, we have to rank. Um, any theme park ideas for uh, Monsters vs. Aliens? Uh, I mean, essentially, I would think that the easiest thing would be another 3D, or in this case, 4D attraction, since it's meant as a 3D. I mean, not the most creative thought, but I mean, that seems like the most easiest thing to do. I'm kind of right there with you. I feel like this this, uh, movie kind of... It feels especially appropriate for like the Spider-Man Transformers ride system. Mm. that feels like perfect for this movie yeah and you could uh i also see a queue line where you're going into into the monster facility uh as a tour at first kind of like a a little bit of men in black alien tech where you think you're going into a uh, a demonstration or a, uh, a museum tour or something like that, a facility tour, which then turns into something else because mm-hmm. uh, there's been a warning that uh, it, aliens have invaded and it's Galaxar and he's uh, threatening to destroy the earth. So it's our job to uh, for general monger is getting us to safety by getting us in these vehicles to help us escape the facility because Galaxar is coming straight to the facility Mm. to wipe out the monsters. So that way he can take over earth. Yeah. Yeah. And no one will question that. One of the good guys is named war our monger. Basically. Yes. (laughs) No one will question that at all. (laughs) Trustworthy. Do you think that was a smart choice to, I, I mean, I get the joke. He's an army general. Of course, he loves war, but he's kind of one of the good guys here. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that that was the decade of the war on terror, baby. We had to go warmongering on all sides. Okay? <laughs> yeah. They were probably like, well, we know that the aliens are hided up with the WMDs out there, you know? Well, yeah. It does well, feel very Bush. Uh, yeah. The whole, like, the whole... Uh, the whole government. 
Yeah. yeah, the government and all of the like things that are surrounding the monsters feel mm-hmm. very uh, Bush era. Do you think yeah. W.R. Monger is in Hillary Clinton's Benghazi emails anywhere? They uh, gotta be. Yeah, sure. Mm, well, <laughs> that's really why she wants to keep those under wraps. Right, because she doesn't yeah. want people to know that she secretly loves Monsters vs. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Clean the Netflix cube, gentlemen, because <laughs> we can't let them know about it. <laughs> You know what I would also Let really her recommendations. Love? I would love to see these characters used, especially because they've been, you know, basically the main uh, extension of this franchise was two Halloween specials. There was Attack of the Mutant Pumpkins or something like that. Yes. And then there was another one about like killer carrots. Um, yeah. A lot of orange food enemies. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's next? Oranges? oh the monster versus alien versus the annoying orange monster yeah yeah i'm sorry uh night of the living carrots and then uh mutant pumpkins from outer space are the uh well i guess mutant pumpkins from outer space was the only actual tv special looks like night of the living carrots is a 13 minute short film um but it is a sequel to uh pumpkins from outer space and i believe it also takes place on halloween um you have to watch these things in order to get it you know (laughs) yeah uh yes everything i just said is uh, confirmed by this uh, wikipedia uh page um so because they have been used so much in a halloween capacity i would love if there was some sort of family friendly halloween event hosted by the monsters from monsters versus aliens um yeah that'd be cute yeah, because uh, in this Dream Jerks Park, we don't really have any Halloween events yet. Oh. Right, not yet. Not yet. So, if you did something, uh, how, how would you be able to pull this off, though? What do you mean? You could... Um, you could do a meet and greet with the monsters. Ginormica would would have to have gotten out all of her uh oh gosh what was it called quantonium quantonium to mm. just be normal sized to meet with everyone but you could have uh, a face uh ginormica mm-hmm. uh, and you could do uh easily do dr cockroach and missing link as animated performers bob would be tricky yeah Maybe feel... you could get Bob when he's wearing like a shirt, like in when they're uh, disguised in the oh, in the alien ship. Yeah, there you go. Which, by the way, I just want to talk about that joke of they just put on the clothes and oh, yeah. everyone thinks that they're clones. That is great. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. It's funny. Yeah. And they just shoot they shoot that uh, clone uh, Galaxar and just his <laughs> tentacles are laying off screen I, I, right, I, like, I, right on the edge. I did <laughs> like the sudden cruelty of that They that where they're just shooting the other clones dead and it's like, all right, well, they're dead. So, yeah. yeah. Who knows well, if they're they monsters. shot the real one or not? Huh. Well, no, they're aliens. No, they're... Well, I mean, the, no, monsters, the monsters are monsters. Are shooting the aliens. Well, well as the and movie teaches us, who is shooting, the real monster? They are the monsters. They're monsters, but they're. No, it's not a bad violent. But is the, the but the, is the alien the real monster? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. sure. Yeah, it's gun violence. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Let's. 
uh yeah anyways, Halloween event. yeah he could wear a shirt <laughs> <laughs> he can wear a halloween costume it's like oh yeah, Bob, right, well yeah I'm dressed yeah. up as a uh, halloween costumes absolutely right. yeah we can have this event now because we cracked it that he can wear a shirt yeah yes. <laughs> um what about insectosaurus or butterflyosaurus as uh as uh, she goes on to be known after the end of this movie. Uh, I Could that be like a giant set piece that you build? Either a giant set piece or a giant uh, float. Or a giant yeah. uh, balloon, like a Macy's oh. balloon. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's a butterfly, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say whatever is like the icon of Dream Jerks Park, like our equivalent to Cinderella's Castle or whatever, um, can be can be dressed up and replaced by a Butterflyosaurus. So Butterflyosaurus is the the icon of the park. Wonderful. That'd be hold on. Oh, hold on right now. Oh, I'm looking on. at the Wikipedia page for the... Uh, um, Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space Halloween special, which actually came out the same year as the movie. Um, came out October 2009. Okay. Uh, October 28th. Yeah. Um, on the cast list, they have all of the main cast returning. Reese Witherspoon, Seth Rogen, Hugh Laurie, Will Arnett, Kiefer Sutherland, Rain Wilson, uh, although he is playing someone named Wicked Jack. Um, uh... They have someone cast as Butterflyosaurus. Um, in the original movie, the sounds made by Insectosaurus were done by Conrad Vernon, one of the directors. Yes. In this Halloween special, Butterflyosaurus is played by Jimmy Kimmel. What? <laughs> what? Uh, no, that's perfect. When I, I see need it, to go watch this. When I, yeah. when I see that character design, I think, yeah, that's Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Yeah, we need to watch yep. this. I I I might watch it like as soon as we're done with this while I eat my my uh Garfield lasagna. Yeah. Oh no, your lasagna. It's been uh, it's an right. hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. No. It's, it'll still be all wow. right. Ironically for a format where people usually listen to this to cook food, your food it's not cold. Yeah. Sitting sitting cold. Uh, but hey, lasagna is good at any temp. It's very, it's it's a very Garfield thing to say. Yeah. Um, I think, so we, yeah. So there's not too much to do with this. Yeah. So Halloween event with monsters that would be neat. Uh, uh, meet and greet with them that would be cool. Yeah. Um, having a giant inflatable insectosaurus that would be neat. Uh. And can a transformer re- style ride if you we want a transformer style ride yeah and the queue would have their cells yeah and in, inside of those cells instead of just being like an open space it'd be like a, a large screen as the cell so it's them as their animated selves and oh their yeah cells. yeah for sure oh that. it can be like a fusion effect like a like like a how they do in 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 uh, oh fast and furious or frank and cade Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It can be that. It can be that inside the cell. I like it. So yeah. So real world props inside the cell, but an animated yeah. version of them walking around the cell. Okay. Like, like Bill that. Weasley in his office. Yes. Yes. Good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. Um. Right. 
and it's the the ride is just them escaping from this facility uh at the same time uh galaxar sends a probe and the probe yeah. is fighting the monsters and we're caught up in in the battle blah blah, blah. we save the day the end mm-hmm. if you want to do that you can but i'm kind of leaning towards more towards uh them being part of this Halloween event that happens at the park. And yeah. a lot of, a lot of the, like you have scared Shrekless, of course, mm. in Shrek swamp there, they would have to be an overlay, an ogre lay of <gasps> uh, Halloween oh! <laughs> decorations. There <you> go. Right <laughs> now, my body just went into that pose of like Vince McMahon when he's like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I involuntarily just did backwards <laughs> into the, in the chair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's, and that's what you can do a general consensus of the park. All right, guys. Uh, this is our Halloween event at dream at dream jerks park this is our halloween ogre lay yeah of the park uh what do you, <sighs> what do we call the event um dream jerks park i don't know i just know that i want the monsters to be like the host you know isn't it's maybe not mm. necessarily like themed to them but like they are the uh, they're the jack the clown of this event they're the oogie boogie or whatever you know are they also are their voices also hosting the fireworks display at night? Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you could do the fireworks display as kind of like you're you're seeing all the fireworks shoot up in the sky, but it's secretly a battle between the monsters versus aliens. Oh, yeah. So the fireworks are launching off into the sky and you're seeing all these different explosions. Uh, there's a, a, a line between both Gynormica and Bob. And he's like, throw me up into the sky. Gynormica throws him up into the sky and you see the firework go up and a giant blue firework <laughs> goes off kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Pulls himself back together. You could do a uh, different uh, flare uh things behind whatever our centerpiece is in the in the dream jerks park which i guess we'll get that figured out eventually yeah i don't know what it is uh, it's got to be lord farquaad's castle no I, I would think so but that's a bad place that's true that is a bad place we want we wanted a, a good representation yeah uh, uh, i don't know we'll, we'll think of something uh, later on but yeah I, fireworks yeah all for it yeah i like it cool um Cool. Book it. Final thoughts on monsters versus aliens. We'll let Travis go first. Uh, it's fine. You know, I don't know. I think, honestly, probably this hour plus discussion is pretty much all you need to say about monsters versus aliens because I don't think it has any bigger aims or bigger goals than to be entertaining for its run period and then not really be remembered. And we're going to leave it at that. John. I I think if they had changed a couple of things uh, aesthetic wise to the film, maybe changed a couple of things to the story, it would have been a home run in a parallel universe, but here we are in this universe. And uh, while they did, uh, make a genuine attempt to make this film uh, 
memorable and timeless it kind of missed the mark on some of those things and in in return we just got um a pretty solid film using uh new technology which hey that's great uh but that i think it's pretty much more of an experiment not necessarily gone wrong but not necessarily perfected yeah yeah i gotta agree um i think that travis kind of got it right uh or kind of said what i was thinking of like its only aim is to be entertaining for its runtime and i at, at certain points watching the movie I, I i asked myself what's the point of this movie like what is the what is the larger message what is the what is the uh the the reason for it to exist and and yeah it's basically just like uh maybe you'll have a little bit of fun for 90 minutes and that's pretty much it there's not really any big metaphor there's not really like a greater lesson to be learned in this story uh it's not an allegory for something else some sort of life lesson no it's just about monsters fighting aliens and i think there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing particularly uh great about it but it's also you know i'm not mad that we had to watch this movie yeah i it was was, was, i didn't feel like i was forcing myself to enjoy it yeah it's yeah there's yeah there's certain things i might have done differently but you know what it's it it was 2009 and they did i guess what they thought people would like uh so yeah I, I i have no problems with this movie i just you know i i i think i might like the animated show like it feels almost more like it should be that and it is on paramount plus by the way i confirmed i don't remember if i said that um but uh yeah those are the thoughts those are the thoughts it's fine it's a it's just fine. okay it's a fine film nothing it's wrong fine. with it and there's yeah. nothing wrong with being fine yeah Exactly. Uh, where does it rank, John? Where do you where do you got it? Let's go uh, you want me to start? I, I guess I'll start at the bottom, like yeah. we normally do. Uh, Eighteen Spirit Horse movie, seventeen mm-hmm. Ants, sixteen Shark Tale, fifteen Sinbad, fourteen Over the Hedge, thirteen B movie, twelve Shrek the Third, number eleven Monsters versus Aliens. Okay, it's it's mid-range not high up on the likability like i didn't like like it right i didn't it's not uh an unlikable film yes so yeah uh monsters vs. aliens at 11 prince of egypt 10 road to el dorado 9 madagascar 8 madagascar escape to africa 7 flushed away 6 chicken run 5 shrek 4 shrek 2 3 uh, Wallace and Gromit is number two. Number one, Kung Fu Panda. Yes. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have at number 18, Horse Movie. 17, Shark Tale. Number 16, Ants. At 15, Shrek the Third. At number 14, Over the Hedge. At number 13, Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. At number 12, Monsters versus Aliens. There you go. Uh, I think... I think that uh, I put it kind of right on the border of the movies that I outright like. And then the movies that I'm like, eh, it's kind of right in the middle. Yeah. I right? I wouldn't be upset watching this movie again. No, I kind of actually want to watch it again, like almost right away. Really? Um, Cause it is, it is fun. It has a, a good energy. 
Um, the camera work is really fun. Uh, like there's there's a lot of things that I like about it, but I think I think they just don't add up to like a a good movie necessarily. Do you think yeah. by watching it again that you're going to change your mind about your grading later on? I don't think so. Okay. I think the things I, that I don't like about this movie are there to stay. Like, I don't think that I'll get, get I'll learn to like them. Yeah. Um, Cause the thing, the things that I like are, I like them a lot, but mm-hmm. there's so many other things that are just holding this movie back from being great. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that fr- uh, from one to 11 are the movies that I like. I like this movie and I can say that with no hesitation. And then from 12 down are the ones where I'm like, uh, they're okay to bad, you know? Yeah. Um, so number 11, the road to El Dorado, number 10 flushed away. Number nine, Madagascar, number eight B movie, number seven, Madagascar escape to Africa. Number six, the Prince of Egypt, number five, Wallace and Gromit, the curse of the were rabbit. Number four, chicken run. Number three, Shrek. Number two, Shrek 2. And number one, Kung Fu Panda. There you go. And as far as my rankings go, so uh, obviously Monsters vs. Aliens isn't as good as The Godfather. Mm -hmm. So that would rank it as the second greatest movie of all time. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I like it. What about, um, so it's above Citizen Kane? Oh, yeah. I think, uh, I think ultimately that's why Kane, uh, couldn't live with himself at the end of that movie because he knew he couldn't create something like Monster vs. Aliens. Yeah. When he said Rosebud, that was actually a concept name he had for one of the characters. Yeah, Uh, exactly. That was going to be Susan's name. Yeah. When he (laughs) was wrecking up Shangri La, um, and uh, that was him acting out the scenes he wanted to put into <laughs> Monsters vs. Aliens. Oh, <laughs> uh, when he's destroying the set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about Rotten Tomatoes, John? I got it right here. All right. You guys want to Travis, you it? can play this game too. Okay. So this is the game. This is the game where we will try to guess what the critics score uh, for Rotten Tomatoes on this movie is. Mm-hmm. So not the audience score, the tomato meter critics score. Okay. And we're going to blind guess uh, what percentage of reviews were positive. Then John will read the critics consensus. Then if you would like, we can adjust our number based on what he read. Okay. I usually like to, to keep my number. I'll, I'll go with my initial instinct. Um. Yeah. But then after that, John will reveal the number to us. I can just read the critics' consensus and just give the the tomato meter score. We don't have to have that moment where where we adjust. I can guess yourself because I I want it to be a, a guess. Yeah, mm. I think you're right. I don't like the adjust. Okay. Yeah, let's leave it out. All right. So I'll let you guess first, Travis. What do you think mm. the critics? Uh, ah. con- what the critics score? Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter for rot- mm. Monsters versus Aliens. While I don't see this being a critical darling, I do think it's probably inoffensive enough to get passing grades. Mm-hmm. So I will go, you know, I will go with 71%. Hmm. 
Now, maybe I should have gone first because I that I guessed are in the 70s from Madagascar 2, which I think it's not I don't think it's uh controversial to say that Madagascar 2 is better than this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh and they gave that movie a 64. Yeah, positive. So, based on that, I'm going to say this movie is probably in the 50s. Uh I'm going to say maybe like 53%. Mm. Okay. So I have 71 from Travis, 53% from Kenneth. Do you guys want to change those numbers before I read the critics' consensus? You guys good with those? I'm going to lock it in. I'm locking it in as well. Lock it in. All right. Though it doesn't approach the depth of best animated films, Monsters vs. Aliens has enough humor and special effects to entertain moviegoers of all ages. The Tomato Meter for Monsters vs. Aliens is at 73. What the heck? Whoa. They liked this better than Ah. Madagascar Escape to Africa. Yeah. Ah. By almost 10%. Yeah. And uh, yeah, going down, there's like eh, one, two, three, four, five. eh, There's a few that that are rotten scores where people are like... Uh, here's one that says although the voices were well chosen the action scenes set on the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco have without doubt their particular charm the movie in general leaves a lot to be desired Uh, only those who desire a paddle ball to the kisser or a face full of mothra snot need apply Uh, the film has some serious problems the first being and yes I feel ridiculous for even attributing this complaint to a film with the above title a completely pat narrative that seriously lacks character development uh, for kids, Monsters vs. Aliens has a lot of color and action, and it's not too scary. Fair enough, as long as you're a kid. So those are all the the rotten reviews on the first page. Okay. But everyone's like, yeah, it's not a masterpiece, but it ain't bad. I mean, that's where we're at, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So there you go. Wow. Okay. So, I thought it was. Uh, I, I honestly thought I was aiming a little too high, so I was very surprised. Yeah, good degree. good work, Travis. Yeah. You you oh. definitely beat me on this one. Almost wow. on the money. The oh, context wow. actually hurt me this time. You were you were better off uh, guessing blind. So uh yeah, well done. Ah, thank you, thank uh, you. Um let's uh do we want to do, do emails and and stuff next or do we want to do plugs? What do we think? Do we have I think emails? I'll read some emails. How about we'll do that. We'll do that. We have emails. Oh yeah, we got two emails since last episode, and an answer to our our uh, Halloween special question, uh, asking people what they like to watch for Halloween. I'll read that first, actually. So, on our bonus episode for Scared Shrekless, I asked on Spotify, "What's your favorite Halloween special or movie?" Travis, what do you have an answer for this? I'll ask you. What's your favorite? Ah, I mean, I do have a couple favorites. uh, Just a give kind of a cop-out answer that i'll put on like uh it's the great pumpkin charlie brown and garfield's halloween adventure have always been staples for me okay and then there are always three movies i will put on uh to set the halloween mood the first scary movie i will watch 
to kick off a horror movie season will be the thing mm. uh and then at very and then at some point during october i'll put on the nightmare before christmas and uh trick-or-treat because they're good mm. mood setters nice. and then i'll also usually try to supplement that with some type of run through of a horror movie franchise like this season uh i've been re-watching the halloween movies um i haven't seen many of those like really bad sequels in quite a while um so uh yeah that's usually what i'll be doing during halloween time as far as viewing stuff nice nice and especially because Halloween Kills just came out, you you wanted to to get ready for that. And, yeah, as well, and I I'm, sure. uh, I'm I'm very I haven't seen it yet, and I'm very interested in it because it's been so divisive. And usually those, even if they're not good, those are at least going to be the more interesting movies to watch. So uh, we'll see. And it yeah. would and again wouldn't be the first time there would be a bad Halloween sequel anyway. So it's not going to hurt my feelings, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh. Well, nice. I like that answer. Uh, first answer we got on Spotify was from Eloise, classic Eloise. Um, and she says Monsters vs. Aliens Halloween special is her favorite Halloween special. And then as for the movie, it's A Nightmare Before Christmas and Corpse Bride. Those are both... I forget about Corpse Bride. That's a good choice, too. It, ooh, is Corpse Bride on Disney Plus? I think that was a Warner Brothers film. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. Definitely not this. Def, not our Dino. Yeah, not our Dino there. <laughs> Definitely not uh, our Tim Burton animated movie, but we're getting close. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, it might be on HBO Max or maybe on Hulu or Netflix. Mm. I do forget that Corpse Ride is a thing from time to time until I I'm reminded of a hey Corpse Ride and like oh yeah you saw that in theaters. Yeah. What an impression I guess it made. Do you think Coco could be considered a Halloween movie? Is Dia de los Muertos Halloween? Is it like at the yeah. same time of year? Uh, mm, uh, yeah, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, this, I mean, I have no insight into the culture, but I mean, I don't know if it, I don't know. I, I don't know. I would say, it, yeah. yeah. It begins Sunday, October 31st and ends on Tuesday, November 2nd. So yeah, Day of the Dead. You can celebrate that on Halloween. Yeah. You can watch Coco on Halloween. Okay. I, yeah. So I mean, like with a Coco lot of... is ob- objectively the best Halloween movie ever made. Then. Yes, it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say this with a lot of holiday traditions. Whatever you just like doing around the holidays, that's your tradition, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and we have one more answer from Alexi Haninen. Uh, this is, I think, uh, uh, definitely a listener from outside the U.S., I, I, it looks like. Um, this answer says, best of Scream and Scar movie is love. Uh, yes. Best. I'll go ahead and just agree with that. Yeah, thank you, Alexi and Eloise, for answering that question, and Travis for answering it here. Uh, and then... Well- well, Alexi oh. took my answer, so I had to give my answer. So Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, uh, we'll read those answers on the show uh, if there's ever a question, which you already know. There's one for this one. So yep. you can head over to Spotify and answer that question, and we'll read it on the next episode. Uh, here's another email from Eloise. I have not read this in advance. Oh, I'm classic gonna... Eloise. <laughs> a, a, a classic Eloise email. Um, the subject is, it's your gal from down under. <laughs> Eloise says, "Hey, Dream Tricks, I wanted to write in 
to be on the Monsters vs. Aliens episode because it is my favorite movie from DreamWorks up there with Shrek and Prince of Egypt. I hope we didn't hurt your feelings, Eloise. We like the movie. We just wish, yeah. you know, there's things about it that we had problems with, but it is fun. It's definitely fun. Right. You can objectively like this film just because yeah. just because we don't like a film and we rank it low on our list doesn't mean it has to be low on your list, too. If you love it, let it be up there. Yeah. I'm going to disagree, and I think if you do like this movie, uh, you should feel bad about yourself. No, Eloise, don't feel bad. The movie's fun. You terrible about yourself. It's good. It's Um, a good movie. That's why you're in Australia. Oh, my gosh. All right. Travis, no. (laughs) Eloise is our friend. Um. That's a classic (laughs) Eloise whoopsies as far as I'm concerned. No, Travis. Bad. Bad, Bad Travis. Travis. Just an update in Australia on the Gold Coast. Dreamworld just opened up the DreamWorks experience. Uh, I don't know the rides yet, but that's something to look forward to when Australia opens back up to the Australians. Um, And Perth has a Taco Bell, finally. Well, it's a bit of a drive from where I live, but I can finally get to taste what you Americans been uh, banging on about. Uh, (laughs) All right. I don't remember if we talked about Taco Bell. I'm guessing we must have. But Eloise, just be aware that uh, a lot of times uh, menus and ingredients used at uh, restaurants in different countries are not the same. So uh, your Taco Bell might be very different than the Taco Bells we have around here. So, uh, but hopefully it'll be it'll be close. Yeah, Taco Bell's yeah. a great pl- a great yeah. place. You know what? Since you're got up, since you're planning a trip on going to Taco Bell, I take back that statement. You shouldn't feel bad. Because you're going to Taco Bell. I take that. Yeah. Eloise. Um, thank you, Travis. Uh, well, <laughs> she says, well, it's a bit of a drive to get there where I live. But I can. Okay, yes, yes, yes. I just read that. Um, all the movies that you reviewed so far is my childhood. Because I'm a 1999 baby. And I grew up with DreamWorks because I was too scared of Disney because of their villains. But now I love both companies. Oh, interesting. Mm. I've never heard anyone say that. That they were scared of Disney because of the villains. I was scared of Ursula. I was terrified of Ursula. Yeah, that's understandable. DreamWorks, I guess, doesn't have really that scary villains. I'm not thinking about. Yeah, or even like that. Mem, not that many memorable villains. If I'm thinking about it, right? Farquaad and Fairy Godmother are like the only ones. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Anyway. Uh, she says, I was eight years old when Monsters vs. Aliens came out, and I went to the cinema to see it in 3D, and that was pretty cool as an eight-year-old. I might not like Seinfeld, but I do love Friends. It's funny, and I'm totally a Phoebe. Hmm. Uh, that, that I think that's a, something to do with the uh, B-movie episode, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, now, here is your question. If you had to choose which franchise would you like to keep and which would you throw away in the rubbish bin or as you americans say the trash can i'll write in again soon your nerdy pal eloise wait so which franchise would you keep and which franchise would you throw away what is what what do you mean i thought she was going to give us like two choices yeah like this or that yeah yeah well maybe uh just what's one that we absolutely can't do without and what's one that we could do without well do that uh, 
it's hard to answer be, uh, because I've never seen all of the Kung Fu Panda. I've never seen Kung Fu Panda 3. Okay. And uh, I've seen the whole Train Your Dragon trilogy, but it's been a long time. And Shrek? I mean, Shrek. You got to keep Shrek. You got to keep Shrek. So I I also agree that you got to keep Shrek. So let's talk about uh, Kung Fu Panda franchise and the uh how to train your dragon franchise yeah which one do you, which one do you <laughs> oh we have to throw one of those two away yeah which this one... is terrible <laughs> this is like the worst f mary That's... kill why would you do this to us you chose this right now <laughs> yeah because we both decided that we're gonna marry shrek franchise so, uh... so oh. which which one do, do we get rid of hmm. uh... kung fu panda you know what bad. honestly I would of those three franchises, Shrek has some misses. Like Shrek the Third is bad, and there is yeah. not a bad trainer How to Train right. Dragon. And from what I know, there's not a bad Kung Fu Panda. So I might actually throw away Shrek. Yeah, oh I, yeah. I I know I've gotten in trouble before on this podcast for my Shrek hot takes, but I was gonna say yeah, I could do without Shrek. And I don't want to do without Shrek, but. Based on, but based on that weakness, well, of Shrek I'm the Third. I'm okay with it. Again, if you like Shrek, you should feel bad for it. Uh, and I. But you're talking so, about getting yeah. rid of Shrek too. Yeah, I get rid. Of, yeah, I get rid of Shrek too. You're a monster. You're yeah. the mon- He's the real monster. <laughs> yeah, Travis. <laughs> but you, you That's also why- said that you could do without the Shrek franchise, so you're getting rid of Shrek too as well. Who, yeah. me? Yeah. yeah. I don't. You're, well, you're this, also is, the this is. That's, this that's is, why it's called monsters versus aliens, Kenneth. This <laughs> is the horrible choice that's been put upon us. Is I don't want to get rid of any of these, but I think the Would... consistency of quality is better on panda oh, 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 and oh. dragons. Okay, how about this? What if you introduce trolls into this? Would you sacrifice trolls to keep those three alive? No, trolls um, is great. Mm. I love trolls, but yeah, I think I would I would throw trolls away before I threw away. Whoa, and whoa. Georgie's gonna punch me in the face if she, she sees is, me now, wow. dude. Um, she, but <laughs> she's, yeah. hey, I think we're two episodes away from Georgie joining us on the show. Isn't she doing Shrek Forever after? That's after How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna have a lot of things to say. To I was just gonna yeah. give me an earful. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? Is that next? How to Train Your Dragon and then Shrek Forever after? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I would throw away trolls as much as I don't, I, again, I like every DreamWorks franchise. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe, or you know what? Maybe the Croods, the Boss Baby, those are franchises. Yeah. You could get, let's get rid of Boss Baby. Boss Baby is out. Get That's him it. Outta. Get him out of here. We don't want oh, any. Spirit. We don't... Hold on. Spirit is a franchise. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, here, here's the thing. Make that... all my no. wildest dreams no. come no. true. No. Here's the thing. No, you keep Spirit around. If you want to, if we get rid of Boss Baby, that means Alec Baldwin can't be on any more film sets. So that means that we're doing a, like a service for people. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, let's not go any further into that. This is a happy podcast. <laughs> yes. Um. We're going to throw away Spirit Horse Movie. All right. The franchise. Wow. Wow. I I come, I, you know, I'm here saying, hey, you know, hashtag hot horse summer. 
and I yeah. still and I still say that <laughs> hashtag hot horse summer, and I hope yeah. you all can enjoy yeah. that. But if you yeah. don't. Well, you got a special place in hell for you, my friend. <laughs> this and is that, not done out of that, spite, and, Travis. And that, next, and that is next to Jeffrey Epstein. This is not oh done out of God. spite. <laughs> if, you, if you want to get rid of Boss Baby, by all means, get rid of Boss Baby. Yeah. I yeah, never want to see feelings. that horse again. Because the Boss Baby is, 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 is insane in a fun way. Mm-hmm. And Spirit is boring. Okay. And this is a this, this never is a disservice. This is a disservice to the town of Madeira, to the to, to, to the three <laughs> friends, to the three friends that make up the circle pals, Prue, Abigail, and Lucky. I don't even know I who you're take it. talking yeah. about. You're speaking gibberish to me right now. <laughs> you're gonna find out soon when I'm back for Spirit Untamed. We're gonna talk all That's about not soon. Prue. We're, uh, but I will be back. So, I will be back, and we'll be talking you about will. Prudence, Abigail. Lucky the pals of Madeira. So that sounds like a like a evil villain threat. I'll be back. I'll, yeah, you'll mm-hmm. see. <laughs> I mean, I think at this point, if people don't think I'm the villain of of this podcast already, <laughs> <laughs> you're not a villain. You just like to mix it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I gonna? Fun yeah. and interesting. What am I gonna be? Someone to go like, oh, I guess I like this movie. This was fun. Me, 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 me. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't make fun of us like that. We like most things, I think. Um, <laughs> well, he, he was making fun of us. Man, I don't know. <laughs> no. Oh, I won't reveal who I'm making fun of with that. <laughs> Spirit two. Okay, this was episode number eighteen. Movie number eighteen. A Spirit Untamed is number forty. So it's uh it's gonna be a while. Yeah, I'll, be I'll be back. I'll be back. Hashtag yeah. hot horse summer forever. I'll be back. Yeah. Uh. All right. Well, that's Eloise's. The only franchise I would throw away is Spirit, and I would keep the rest. Yeah. And we have one more email. One more email. This time from Mad Mal, another classic friend. Uh, Mad Mal. He writes. Uh, hey there, Dream Jerks. Writing in because I wanted to talk about, surprisingly, not Kung Fu Panda, but The Road to El Dorado. This is my favorite of the 2D DreamWorks movies and my favorite that didn't get a franchise. Oh, yeah. Didn't. Um, as a young boy, I was a little scared to watch The Prince of Egypt. God scared of the plagues. Oh, got scared of the plagues. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um and never bothered with horse movie and Sinbad until I watched them as an adult. Uh, but I love how much horse movie is caught on. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hashtag hot horse summer, baby. Yeah. Um, until I was watched them as an adult. Okay. Uh, but Road to El Dorado was always mm-hmm. in my rotation from renting it from Hollywood Video or HBO. Plus, I absolutely loved the music as they used Elton John and Tim Rice. Lion King is my favorite Disney movie, too. Uh, it always hurts to know that it wasn't as successful as it should be. Can't wait for How to Train Your Dragon 2. Uh, or I can't wait for How to Train Your Dragon 2, John. From Mad Mal. Hey, thanks, nice. Mad Mal. Thank I you. liked that. Thank you for not asking us to make a horrible choice. Um, <laughs> although, Eloise, I, li- I kind of liked it. Yeah, it was very controversial. Yeah, putting our, uh, you know putting us to the test here, putting us on the spot. I like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Travis. 
Yes. You have you have some projects, you have some podcasts, you have things that you like to do. Uh, this episode will be out on November 3rd. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, what would you like the people to know about? Well, uh, as aforementioned, uh, how many, so many hours ago when we first started <laughs> the recording, uh, I do have a long-running podcast called Monster Island Commentaries, and that's where my friend and I, Luana Seda, uh, that, that's my friend's name, not my name, but uh, either way, the two of us <laughs> talk about monster and kaiju movies stuff like godzilla king kong gamera mothra jurassic park pacific rim uh you can find that everywhere you can listen to podcasts and in addition i have my own solo podcast called theme park of the movie where i talk with guests and we talk about Ooh, excuse me where we talk about our favorite movies and the theme park attractions inspired by those movies uh kenneth you were a guest on there where we talked et a whole bunch yes that was fun i love talking about et that was a lot of fun and uh we recently wrapped up our halloween mini season and we had some really fun guests including a previous guest of this show alicia stella from theme park stop and we also had lee malaby from the unofficial universal podcast and carly weisel from very amusing so that is available and uh yeah there's some other podcast stuff happening next year and uh just keep an eye out for that and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at travis things heck yeah john anything you want to tell people about uh when is this episode airing november 3rd oh well, I, to those who made it, hey, glad you glad you checked us out at Fest. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. That was a lot of fun. We yeah. had a great time. We had a great show. <laughs> it got sh- really awkward there for a minute, but everything else was right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for not destroying Mother's Pub when we yeah. were playing. That was very nice of everyone. Yeah, we said we were going to tear the house down. And when we said we, we, we meant us, not you you guys as well. Yeah, so, so thanks for uh, uh, being on the same page with us about that. Um, no, you're right. Yeah, thanks to everybody for coming out to Fest if you were there. Um, and uh, we do, uh, we play in a band called Pangolin, in case you didn't know. Uh, our band is uh playing again we have just the kind of various shows scattered around about florida for the rest of the year um and one in georgia actually um but the next one coming up is in uh melbourne florida on friday november 19th the ghost and gobbles punk fest uh we'll be playing at iron oak post with bands like 430 steps bay street the real you colorblind dinosaurs and more uh, so that's something you can go to if you uh, are around that area. And other than that, just uh, be on the lookout for new stuff coming up from us. We're, we've got a lot of stuff in the works. We got a whole album that we're just waiting to record. So, uh, yeah, you can follow our band at Pangolin FL on the entire internet uh, or just visit pangolinfl.com for links to all the stuff we do. Uh, then you can follow this show at Dream Jerks Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
you can email us at dreamjerkspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me personally at King Kemen on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can leave this show a review, a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you like to find podcasts. Go ahead and answer if you would like. You can answer the question that we asked on Spotify. That would be fun. And then we'll read the answers on the next one. Uh, Smoke Vanish, Alpha Zeta Bones Jones, Marcos Lightspeed, Crazy Calzoni, Fat Giraffe, Will Do Am. We'll see you all at band practice. And uh, hey, that's all I have. Anything else from the two of you? Nope. Hashtag hot horse summer. Hashtag hot monster summer. Everybody have a great night. We'll see you next time. Thanks very much. Uh, for the dream to work, we got to go to sleep. Good night. Bye. Bye. Dream Jerks Podcast has no affiliation with DreamWorks Animation, Universal Pictures, or Comcast NBC Universal. The views and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not represent the companies or organizations they happen to work for. Theme music by Pangolin. Pangolin.